The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. As DomCon 2023 comes to a close, we visit with a legendary Southern California dominatrix who I first met because she was teaching aerobics in a very interesting way. Snow Mercy is a highly experienced professional dominatrix, BDSM educator, and studio owner with over two decades of experience in the BDSM scene. Born and raised in California, she discovered her passion for BDSM in her early 20s while working at the Dominion in Los Angeles. She subsequently became immersed in the community while also teaching and pursuing a graduate degree in science. With a PhD in science, Mercy prioritized her BDSM career after coming out as kinky on national television. She's a performer who enjoys expressing her kink in recorded and live BDSM performances, including hosting Bondage Ball in Los Angeles and has performed in a variety of events, including Kicking in the Caribbean, the Folsom Street Fair, and the AVN Adult Entertainment Expo. In addition to her BDSM work, Mercy is actively involved in humanitarian efforts and has provided hands-on earthquake disaster relief in Peru, Haiti, Nepal, and worked alongside the LA Fire Department to build mobile COVID testing sites during the pandemic. Her volunteer efforts for local nonprofits have earned her the nickname of the Benevolent Dominatrix. Despite being a well-established figure in the BDSM community, Mercy remains curious and continues to learn and grow as a practitioner and educator. She challenges stereotypes and misconceptions surrounding BDSM and strives to educate people about the realities of kink. Her dedication to the community has inspired countless individuals to explore their own BDSM journeys with confidence and respect. Mistress Snow Mercy, on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, 
bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever realized that science wasn't going to be what you were going to do for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, who said it's not going to be something I'm not going to do for the rest of my life? Did I say Maybe that? Maybe I'm making an assumption. Okay, you're making an assumption because science is everywhere. Um, <laughs> so um, I might have just taken a different um, path than probably than, than any of my classmates or anybody who does my kind of who what am I what am I trying to say I'm trying to say um yeah I, I'm different so I, took, I chose a different path uh different path when did it become evident that that was going to happen um you know I've never actually stopped doing science I was doing science throughout the pandemic and I'm still actually doing science I guess maybe I don't talk about it a lot um like I used to back in the day but so no, it's still there. It's uh, it's professionally, it's still there, for sure. First time you realized that teaching an exercise class and using BDSM as the backbone of it was going to be as big of a hit as it would. I had no idea it was going to be such a big hit. <laughs> um, there were even copycat classes in New York. Um, they were had, I'm not sure how long those lasted, but I didn't expect it to be a big hit. I just thought it would be something fun. And I used to see a personal trainer and I, I used to tell her, you know, if you just dressed up in a Dom outfit, you'd probably make even more money. And she just kind of laughed it off. I, you know, it's funny how some things will stick. It's hard to predict, right? What, you know, what people will be into. And it'd be fun to get that going again I mean it was seemed like it was a fad for a little bit um I mean I do dom people into shape literally I that's something I love doing um the pandemic kind of um, put things on hold for a while but I do want to get back into it you began your journey at the dominion as a submissive when did you know that you were ready to become a dom oh Good question. You've done your research. Have you ever been to the Dominion by any chance? I have not. You have not? You know I'm about in, it? I'm, in the, I'm on the East Coast. I used to live in Seattle, would get to LA all the time, but I've never been to any spots in LA. Well, um, you, I'm sorry to tell you, but you lost your chance because the Dominion closed. I know. Um, so it wasn't really my choice to become, it wasn't my, my choice to be a dom. So the way the dominion works it was um like a mentorship so you start as a submissive unless you already have unless you already bring a lot of experience with you as like a switch or a dom but most people start as a submissive and then at that time there was no tests or anything i know later on the dominion started doing switch tests and to see if you were ready to be a switch but no one ever gave me a switch test it just um i think what happened was i was starting to get more and more dommy in my in my sessions because I was a, you know purely a submissive and I think I just started standing up for myself more and started talking back more and I think that's when Lady Hillary um she's the owner of the Dominion she said okay it's time for you to be a switch and then <laughs> and then um with time um I became a dom and, the, the, and I became a dom when I graduated um from grad school 
And I was just like, I think it's time just to be a full dom. And I asked Lady Hillary, can I just be a dom? Like, I don't want anybody touching me. I think it's time. And she said, I agree. It's time. So it, I guess we came to that together. I mean, that was a, maybe she'd been thinking about it for a while, but just felt like, you know, I graduated, I just graduated school. I think it's time to be a dom full time rather than switch. Was there something in your life that was your first indication of this might be the way I'm going to live my life? I think when I started working at the Dominion is when I realized this was a lifestyle. I didn't know it was a lifestyle. I knew people did it. Um, and, you know, when I started this, this is before, I mean, the internet existed. I'm not that old, but I, <laughs> I, mean, I did watch the internet grow up, but um but we didn't have fat life or, you know, there was no MySpace or Facebook or anything like that. So there was really no way to connect with people. And my first connection with other people who were kinky besides going to a Hollywood club was the Dominion. And then I was like, oh my God, people do this like all the time. Like they do this in their day-to-day -day life. And that's when I realized, oh my God, I can do this. I can be this. This is who I am. And I felt like that first day, I'm mean, getting goosebumps. I wish you can see. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. But that first day at the Dominion, I, I just felt like I finally found my people. I felt like, you know, I felt like I've been an alien all this time on this planet Earth. And like, I'm some from some other planet and I don't understand women. I don't understand men. Um, and then I was like, oh my God, I understand all these people and they speak my language and they think like the, like me and they have these weird thoughts like me and I can talk about my weird thoughts. And, and that's when I just, I was like, yes. So that must have been 2004. That was 2004. Do you remember the moment when Snow Mercy was born? Mm -hmm. I know. I remember. And it's such a silly, silly story. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, so I first became Snow because I didn't want to use my legal name, and I had and so when I was at the Dominion, um, Lady Hillary asked, "Okay, give me a list of names that you would like to like pick the names that you would like, and I'll choose one for you." And I had a bunch of different names, and I put Snow down. And the reason I use Snow is because I'm very very pale, and I was very self um, self conscious of being pale, and I thought, oh, you know, people better. I hope they, you know, they're going to have to know I'm pale because maybe they don't like pale girls. So I called myself Snow. And then I didn't realize like having light skin is actually a fetish. But anyway, <laughs> and then um, the mercy came um, when I had to find an email account. And this is back when Gmail was brand new. <laughs> uh, you're shaking your head. So you remember, so you had to get, actually get an invitation to join Gmail. And so I was going through the different snow this snow mr snow snow that you know and i'm like I, all the snows were taken except for i'm like snow mercy so snow mercy at gmail.com <laughs> became my gmail account and so i started using that and people thought that was my name and so it wasn't until probably around 2007 someone just started calling me snow mercy all the time and i'm like why are you calling me that <laughs> like well that's your email address aren't you snow mercy i'm like okay well actually it's, i kind of like it yeah snow mercy so it just it just stuck 
When we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, we're going to go back and chronicle the journey of Snow Mercy and what led her eventually to the Mercy Studio when we come back. <laughs> we do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? (laughs) Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, (laughs) Uh, but lots of solid, BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princess Natasha Strange, that's me, (laughs) is available on Amazon. Go get it now. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the show. Joining us from Los Angeles, as my old friend Vanner would say, it is the one and only Snow Mercy. Is Los Angeles a good place for you? Is it really the personality that you have? Do you carry that California vibe? Uh, Well, I was born here. Um, so I'm from LA. I'm born and bred. My mom was pregnant out here, so I can't get more LA than that. (laughs) (laughs) The gestation period was in Los Angeles. So, um, as far as the personality, you know, LA is a weird place. I mean, it's, I love LA, but I hate it too. But, you know, I know how to, I know kind of, I know how to like, um, maneuver my way through LA, but is it the best place? I don't know. I mean, I've been, I like Manhattan. Manhattan's great. It's a great city. I love, I just love like 
the, the speed of things. I love the people. I love that you can do anything. Like you can get a pizza or you can buy furniture at three in the morning. Um, you can't do that in LA. Um, and then, you know, I also love San Francisco. I love the Bay Area. The Bay Area is great. I love the public transportation. I love that kind of hippie undertones that it has. But LA, I just, I think LA, I'm here to stay for the for the long haul. I mean, this is where I'm from. All my friends are from here. My family lives out here. I have a, you know, I now have two dungeons out here. Um, so, so yeah, I just don't buy into all the BS that LA has. LA has so much BS. <laughs> LA may have a lot of BS, but it also has a lot of BDSM. It does have a lot of BDSM. It does. Um, and, you know, it, we have like DomCon, you know, we have Torture Garden comes out here. Uh, I was listening to your podcast with Olivia Akula, and she was talking about Torture Garden. And yeah, we do have that, which is a good thing. Uh, we do have dungeons out here. Um, we have a lot of doms out here, you know, a lot of old school doms, a lot of, you know, wisdom, a lot of history. And, you know, I'm really I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be adding to that. And I just, you know, I think LA could be a better place for BDSM if we had better public transportation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, we're so spread out. And so it's really hard for some, sometimes it's hard for people to get to places. So I, I know for myself, I'm like, oh, if I have to drive more than 20 minutes, do I want to go to something? <laughs> so um, I know in like in New York, everything's just like really, you know, compact and it's easy to get to places, easy to go to dungeons, easy to dungeon hop out here. You have to really plan. Snow, you have been around for a while, not as long as some of the historical doms there in Los Angeles, but you have seen how the scene has grown there. Mm-hmm. Yes. From the early days to now, how different was it to be able to be a dominatrix back before Fifty Shades of Grey and back before the internet? Oh dear. Um, I I can I can just speak from my perspective. Um, and I was working at a house, um, you know, the Dominion for you know, for 12 years from 2004 to 2016. Um back you in order to be a Dom, you basically had to somehow find a way to advertise. And there were magazines like DDI or there was Backpage or Craigslist. Um, it was much harder. It was like nowadays, you, you know, anybody with a, and we also cameras were a different thing back then. We didn't have cameras on our phones back then. I remember that was a big deal to get pictures taken and digital pictures taken and uploaded and, and even websites. Like I, I used to play around with websites cause I was a total nerd and, but most people didn't know how to build a website. And so in order to get yourself out there, you it would have been really hard, uh, and it would have cost a lot of money because you would have had to advertise in like DDI, and I don't know what a, a an ad would have cost, but it wasn't it was it was significant. It wasn't just a few dollars. Um, it was harder, and also the outfits, like even knowing where to shop. I mean, how would you even know where to shop? Like you can't just search it on the internet. They're really it was so hard to know, like, what do you wear and how do you do things? And we had to read books back then. <laughs> so 
you know, like Midori's book, you know, I, you know, all these, like, um, all the books I gobbled up, um, back then, um, you know, having to go to a bookstore and like somebody like Barnes and Noble would not have, I doubt, I don't remember. I don't think they had the kinky books. We had to go to like, you know, pleasure chest to get a kinky book. And it took a lot more work to learn and then you'd have to go to classes because there weren't you there was oh my god there was no youtube i'm so old (laughs) (laughs) like there was none of that that we didn't have like those videos to look up or interviews or pod i don't think podcasts were a thing so it really took knowing people to learn the craft and and even if you wanted to learn the craft you had to impress a dom or a sir or somebody enough to for them to spend time with you because I remember there there were some doms um they you know they there was hazing involved at the dominion and people would ignore me and not take me seriously because you know so many of the women were just like you know they would come and go and so you didn't really want to invest too much time into somebody who was only going to be there for a little bit so even if you wanted to learn you had to find people to teach you. And then, you know, we didn't have all this wisdom as far as like all the red flags of what to look for. Like, I don't think, I don't think that was written down anywhere. Like, okay, this is a bad sub. This is a bad dom. You know, these are all the red flags. Um, And, and then trying to, you know, and then you have to go to clubs. You'd have to show up. You actually had to show up to the clubs. You had to network. You had to go to the parties, go to the events. It was a lot of work. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think people, the women nowadays, or whoever, however they identify it, like how much more work it was. And it's, but it's actually it's not a bad thing that it's so much easier now just to you know pick up your phone and take a photo or two, and you can start your Twitter account, and you can find you know a fake Google you know, phone number and you can, so anybody can do that. Right. But anybody who, who is familiar, familiar with BDSM, they'll recognize who's, you know, who is a real Dom who's established and who knows what she's doing versus somebody who just kind of like, just kind of decided, Oh, this will be a fun hobby for a month (laughs) or something, you know, Oh, this sounds cool. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried that because they're going to get frustrated. The people who, who just, take a few photos and have, you know, you know, this existence through Instagram or TikTok or whatever, because they're not, if they're not looking for the community and they're not reading the books, they're not really going to get it. And it's going to be really frustrating because there's so much garbage (laughs) that comes along with being um, a dom on the internet. Because of the time you started there wasn't all that porn out there to give guys the idea of what fetish was like. You, as the dom, were the entree to show them what it's like, to allow them to feel what it's like, without having the pressure of having to live up to something that somebody did on the internet. Mm, how amazing was that wow that's that's really interesting yeah because nowadays any of the adult videos or a lot of the images they're not realistic that's not real 
um, yeah, I, I guess a lot of a lot of the people who would visit the Dominion, they got their idea from the doms that they would visit, like Lady Laura, um, or maybe just seeing some pictures. You know, there were lots of magazines and books and stuff, and people could see photos, but there wasn't a lot of there weren't a lot of videos. So yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is back in those days, we communicated with each other. We talked with each other. We didn't text each other. We actually used words and used our voice and used our ears. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that made quite a difference to the way you're able to connect with a sub as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, Connecting with subs nowadays versus back then. Yeah, so I think the subs, you know, a very younger, a younger submissive who was raised, you know, on porn, you know, say somebody in their 20s, you know, who's had access to porn since they've had, you know, access to the internet. <laughs> and so um, their ideas of BDSM are definitely different, it seems. It seems like they're expecting what they see in videos. Um, versus somebody who's older, who started their journey before, you know, all the porn was accessible. Um, yeah, and just, you know, the way we communicate, you know, the way we talk, like, for example, um, I appreciate a good old fashioned email where you, you, where you address me by name. And, you, you know, you, you know, just, you know, you have like a, a you know, a paragraph it doesn't have to be long, you know, just kind of, say something and then you sign off and like it seems like um some people don't understand how to do that and the emails are just horrendous and <laughs> just I don't want to have to read them it's just like it looks like somebody like used their thumbs to write it and didn't really put any thought into it um and so I'm not going to take that person too seriously as someone who takes more care into writing a, an email and then a lot of people just assume I'm available by text, even because I have my phone number advertised, and the tech and the the phone number is there in case I invite you to call me or text me. It's not there like, hey, just you know, randomly call me or text me. Um, but yeah, I you know, it just I guess every generation's different. You know, I have I I predict you know the way things are going right now. How you know, like Roe versus Wade, um, got you know, uh, taken away. And I just think the taboo is going to become, it's going to, it's, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say it's actually going to be good for kink because the more repressed we are, the more kinky and pervy people are going to be. Mm. And I think we got really, really spoiled with how, with how easy it was to be able to just, you know, advertise and post things. And now all the censorship is kicking in. And it's harder to advertise, you know, people's bank accounts are getting frozen if they find out they're doing adult and, you know, it's rolling things back, but it's going to be good for us, for the people who are serious about it, because we're still going to be able to find each other and know how to find each other. And it's going to be harder for the people who are brand new, though. If you're like brand new, breaking back, breaking it, it's going to be harder to find it. It's going to be like back when I started. <laughs> no way. <laughs> The attention span of people in this 
24-7 news cycle, instant information age can sometimes be all over the place. Mm -hmm. I know that what kink does for me is it forces me to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Back in those early days, I'm guessing you didn't have to fight that as much. All the distractions and everything going on around you where you could literally take the time with people and they didn't feel like they had somewhere to go or something to do or something to think about? Um, I have to disagree because okay. I, because when I started the Dominion, I did a lot of, I, I used to work a lot of days and a lot of times people are just there on their lunch break mm. and so worried about, oh, I have to get back to work. Or they're, you know, they're just got off work and they're expected to, you know, pick up the kids from soccer or whatever. <laughs> and so they're, you know, stressing out. So there is, there has been that. Um, there's a, I have a very strict rule. You better have your phone turned off when you come in here. I don't want to hear your phone. Um, you know, definitely don't have your phone. And I'm going to get you into the present no matter what. Because I can sometimes tell if somebody is just not present you know, I'm like, okay, you know, part of my job is to get you present. So <laughs> let's figure out what, what that's going to require. Um, but yeah, attention spans. And um, I think, yeah, the attention spans are definitely different nowadays. Being in the moment to me is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And while the outside world may think of kink as have every having everything to do with sex mm -hmm. the connections that you make and the moments that you share and the moments you create are honestly what i believe make this world the wonderful world we live in where the rest of the world goes away while we're in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. describe to me what making that connection is like for you making that connection I think that's a really good question you know it just it feels I get lost in it it's like um I call them like I call them brain orgasms like I don't have you know I it's not about sex like I don't orgasm in a session I was trained at the Dominion we didn't do sex um you know so I know some a lot of people do incorporate sex into their scenes but um, I, if I have had a really great connection, I just get lost. I just feel so lost. I just feel like I'm in the flow. And I just feel like this, not quite euphoria, but getting close to there and just feel so good. And, and the other person feels great. The other person's just, you know, dizzy or, you know, a little woozy. Um, the person will say, oh, no, no, I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> just want you to like take a little break. We're going to sit down and give you a Sprite and give you some candy. Um, <laughs> and you're about to get cold soon, you know, because, you know, you get really warm. And then when you have that good crash, you start to get cold. And then you start to feel like, you know, a little dizzy. And um, it's great. It's a great feeling. Um, you know, one thing that was in Van, I really do miss about the Dominion is... Um, because, um, it, it's a commercial dungeon, so we didn't expect our clients to give us aftercare. 
but um the women you know in the back so you know the women would hang out we would give each other aftercare mm-hmm. by you know talking or just you know you know debriefing about what happened you know explaining what we did bragging about what we did you know, it's like <laughs> look what I got away with today this person <laughs> took this many strokes for me um I miss that I really miss that now that I own my own place I don't have like the big group of women that I can just you know tell like you know what I did and um and that would be that was some of my aftercare and so now like when I start to come down when I have that you know really strong connection and I'm high you know I got that in that top space and I start coming down it's like oh kind of sucks <laughs> it really sucks I need to do a better job about setting up some sort of aftercare for myself especially if I've been doing a lot of se- a lot of sessions in one day have things kind of come back now that the pandemic is somewhat behind us? Things are definitely coming back. Yeah, things are coming back. Um, you know, um, the a lot of play, a lot of studios closed during the pandemic, but um, like for example, Dominion closed, and um, a couple of just reopened. Uh, uh, one. A new place just opened by somebody I used to work with at the Dominion. It's called Legacy and it's owned by Natalie. Um, and so that's a great sign because she's got a lot of people working with her. And then Sanctuary LAX just reopened their new space. Um, so that's a great sign. Um, that means there's a need. And yeah, there's definitely, you know, I know I advertise on eros.com and I noticed about a year ago, there might've been like 30 ads for BDSM in Los Angeles now there's probably at least twice as many mm-hmm. so people are definitely coming back um you know it's you know there's more people doing it you know so I'm kind of feeling the hit because I was more active you know I was active a year ago I was like I had a lot more you know interests because there are fewer places to um to play but I'm, I'm glad I'm really glad that there are more people out there to to play and I don't think it's ever going to go away. I mean, even during the pandemic, people were playing. I'm not sure if it was the smartest thing sometimes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think things are coming around. What went into your decision to open your own place and how scary was it? <laughs> uh, let's see. I, you know, I started thinking about opening my own place probably around, I would say 2014. Um I was just because I was doing a lot of traveling as a tra- I was I was working as a traveling dom and I started going to all these different studios and I was meeting all these different people and finding out what it takes and I was like you know it sounds like something I can do and and so um it took me a couple of years cuz I kept looking and looking and the place I'm in right now was actually belonged to some friends of mine and they had a photo studio in here and I told them, you know, I would come over and do shoots. And I told them, if you ever, ever get rid of this place, let me know. I want to take it over. And, th- and that's what happened. So they um, they moved next door into a bigger space, same landlord. And so I took over this one. Um, and, you know, it's terrifying. I mean, I was, because um, I was doing well. I was doing well traveling, you know, renting other people's studios. And I was just like, you know, oh, I'm, I want my own place. And people were supportive. 
And then I, you know, started doing it. It's just like, oh my God, what have I done? It's just like, it's like so much money and so much time and so much effort. Um, but, you know, I really love it. I, I mean, I'm obsessed with this place. I'm obsessed with BDSM. I'm obsessed with my dungeons. I'm, you can ask anybody. I'm always doing stuff to, to this place to make it better. Like anytime I make money, I put more money, you know, I put money back into this place. I mean, I was at Home Depot right before you and I started the podcast. <laughs> you know, people give me Home Depot gift cards now as presents. Um, and I just, I just, I think, you know, it is a lot of work, but it just feels so good whenever someone comes in and go, oh my God, this place is so beautiful. It's so much fun. And people are like, I had the best time here. You know, not just like people who see me, but people who rent from me, or even um, I have um, productions that rent from me and they're just like, oh my God, I love your place. And, you know, really it feels so good. And I, and I just, and I, and I like that I'm providing it, you know, cause I feel like I, I think that I, you know, I'm knowledgeable and I'm safe. I really care about that. Um, I have a lot of ethics, you know, I, I could run it some, I could run it, you know, there's many ways I can run this place, but I really like the way I run. I just, um, I'm really into quality instead of quantity. I just rather have people I really, really trust renting from me um, rather than just like, you know, open door, whoever comes in. I just want to really have people feel safe. I know that's what helped keep me going during the pandemic is because I do have a biochemistry background. So I, I knew what to do to prevent people from getting COVID. And I did my best and no one ever got COVID visiting here <laughs> that I know of. When you traveled around the world, was there a transformational moment for you that allowed you to realize just how fortunate you were to have started this wonderful lifestyle that you did? I, I think I felt... You know, I've I've just felt so lucky the times I've um hung out with dungeon owners like um Lady Sophia in Chicago. Have you had a chance to interview her? I have yet? not. Sounds like someone I need to book. Good, you should. Dun uh, Chicago Dungeon Rentals is what um she owns. Um, just hanging out, and I always had this. I always thought that dungeon owner Jen excuse me, dungeon owners would be like really mean and petty and rude. And she's just so warm. Um, she's so warm and so helpful and so loving. And I was like, I am so lucky. I'm like, we're hanging out. We're having dinner. <laughs> you know, They took me to the airport. I'm like, this is amazing. This is great. Um, I just felt really lucky because I know a lot of people don't get that experience. And then also um, around the same time I started touring Manhattan and being able to go be a guest dom at Pandora's. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. This is, I'm at Pandora's box. <laughs> this is, I'm a guest dom. This, what, how, this is me. How did this happen? <laughs> um. And so I felt like I really, you know, I'm in the major leagues now. I'm in the major leagues. And so I think when people started trusting me that much and letting me into their play, into their studios, I was like, I think I've 
I think I've finally done something. I think I've like earned this at, you know, I've worked hard. I think people are recognizing it and I just, yeah, I'm really grateful for all, for all those experiences. From the major leagues to a viral moment that put <laughs> Snow Mercy in the headlines. When we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we're going to go into that gym and find out really what happened when we come back. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship short shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie. Joined by Snow Mercy from the Mercy Studio. We talked about what it's like to open a studio, but I wanted to talk about how I first discovered you. Opening up an article in People that talked about a woman doing BDSM fitness classes, and I went, where can I sign up? Wait, am I in People magazine? I think you were in People, weren't you? Uh, I, maybe. I was in so many magazines. I was in Huffington Post. I was in GQ Japan. I, I was not. It's possible. I don't know if I was in the hard copy people, but it's possible. I was all, I was all over the place. <laughs> um, you were a viral sensation before there was a viral sensation. I was 
I know it was, you know, I actually ended up, um, I was doing some um, humanitarian work in Nepal and the group I was with, one of the women recognized me. She's like, oh my God, you're the person from the workout thing. <laughs> and I'm like all the way in Nepal. <laughs> she recognized me. Um, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I also, um, it, it's kind of bittersweet because um, it was all over the place. It was on, I was on a show called Sex with Sunny Megatron. Mm -hmm. um, and they're also in Chicago. There were people I met in Chicago and they're great um um, Sonny and Ken are great, great people. And they invited me to do this segment. Um, and so a lot of people have seen it. And then also I'm pretty sure where I used to teach chemistry. So I used to be a chemistry professor used to, and they always would call me every semester, every, every semester asking me to work. And, um, after that aired, I'm pretty sure somebody saw it. And I, that was the end of that. Um, but I kind of knew, I'm like, okay, I'm putting myself out there. It's going to be on Showtime. You know, this is what you're going to expect. And that's what happened. So um, so I've not been asked back to teach, which is a shame because I think I was a good chemistry professor. Um, but um, yeah, and I remember um, <laughs> I remember getting an email from, I think the Huffington Post asking something. They were asking me some questions. I forgot what the, what the nature is. But I think it was an interview. That's what it was an email interview. And I answered the questions and then like I sent, I pressed send. And I think within a few hours I was on Huffington Post <laughs> and then like friends were messaging me like, have you seen this? Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, people just really took to it, but it makes sense, right? I mean, if you're going to get tortured, I mean, like if you're working, I mean, I love working out. I don't think it's torture. I think it's fun, but <laughs> I mean, if you, if, if you, if a lot of people feel like it's torture, you might as well, you know, make it torture with a dog. So <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier, right? <laughs> but away from the fun part mm -hmm. of it, I'm sure you made a huge difference in some people's lives by giving them an opportunity to see themselves in a healthier way, yes. albeit a non-traditional way. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've had people lose weight, lose lots of weight, stop smoking, just, you know, pick up better habits. You know, it feels good. I mean, I, I want to get back into it again. Um, now that gyms are opening back up, I probably can't really do it at a gym, but I was thinking about doing something here at the studio. We all like maybe meet out in the front and we go jog around the block <laughs> and then come in and, you know, have people do push-ups inside the studio. I have a million ideas. It's like, oh, this would be a great idea. It's just a matter of doing it. Right. But um, no, I love it. It's fun. It's so, I mean, I think it's great. And, and people do better. And I'm also really good at um, being an academic dom so mm -hmm. if anybody out there who needs help with their studies i will you will be getting straight a's with me <laughs> quite a few people <laughs> what is the thing that brings snow mercy the joy the most i really love helping other people i, I love helping people i love helping people be the best they can be um, that, that makes me really happy. What makes you happy? Makes me happy. I, I am just a lifelong learner. I love learning. I always have to be learning something just, 
I'm always learning and reading and, uh, you know, learning a new skill and meeting new people traveling. Like I haven't been able to travel like I used to. I just, I have like this, I used to read the encyclopedia when I was a little girl, I just like for fun. And um, I just can't stop. (laughs) It drives me crazy sometimes. Like, I think like the other day I was, people were talking about what's the difference between a lobster and a a lingostino. And I'm like, I have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why? Why am I like this? Can I just accept that they're two different things? But I'm like, I have to find out exactly what they are. Um, So that's what makes me happy. So if I'm not learning, I'm just so unhappy. Do you have a path that is set in front of you? Or is it all improv from here? Oh, dear. I do have a path. Um, But I've learned that my plans never, ever go as expected. So I have to just be ready for what's going to come instead. But right now I am, you know, focusing on my, I have two studios. Um, One of them I haven't made public, but I'm focusing on getting these two studios really going. And I'm also working um, on my clinical lab science um, license which was something I started doing during the pandemic. I started doing COVID testing. I was running a COVID lab and and in the state of California, you have to have a license to do it. So anytime you deal with um, human samples, like blood, spit, you know, urine, semen, you need to have a license. So I'm trying to get that license. So actually during the pandemic, I took four classes um, for that license. um, And I just have to do my internship. Um, hopefully, you know, no one will recognize me and make it weird. (laughs) My last lab job, somebody recognized me and they were trying to make it weird. Um, which is so unfortunate. It's like, why do you have to make, like, I don't bring up my BDSM whatsoever in my vanilla life, especially my vanilla job. I'm so incredibly boring at my vanilla job. I don't talk about anything, um, all I do whenever somebody asks me, so what what did you do this weekend? Um, I did housework and I watched TV. <laughs> um, so that's my path. So we'll see what happens. Who knows? You know, who knows? I have discovered in my travels and the opportunity when I do get to meet the wonderful people I have on the show. Mm-hmm that dominatrices for every image that somebody may have of them don't realize that you as a group are amongst the most kind people I have ever met. Why is that? I think we have to be kind because I know I have to be extra extra kind in vanilla situations because people expect that I'm going to be a horrible person so I have to show them like no I'm not a horrible person but we also have to be kind to each other because I think it balances out some of the dark darkness we play with because we do play with a lot of dark energy and if you only play with dark energy it's just it's not going to be good you know, I've kind of gotten sucked into that. We're thinking like, oh, I'm a dom. That means I have to be, you know, mean and tough. And no, <laughs> no, it, it, it always backfired. Like, like when I was trying to be like the mean, tough 
bitchy dom like people don't want to be around me when I'm like that so it's better to be nice and then um you know it can turn on the mean bitchy when there's you know consent and there's a time and place for that but yeah I think you know we're really we're really an interesting group of people you know doms are you know really misrepresented in media which is another reason why I did the you know sex with sunny megatron show which is why i'm doing this this podcast because i want people to know we're not these you know horrible depraved people who have no other choices who have no other options people think like oh you know are you still doing that dom thing like i remember you know when i did start because i graduated in 2007 with my phd and people expected me to completely retire from bdsm and that's not what happened um, and people would keep saying, are you still doing that Dom thing? And no one says that anymore at mm. all. Because I think I've like, I think by now, if you've been watching me and following me, you realize this is not a fad. <laughs> this is not a fad. This is not a means to an end. This is not a way for me to, you know, pay off a car loan or something. This is who I am. And so I don't get that question anymore, you know. And, and, you know, like, for example, like you thought, like, I stopped science and a lot of people think, oh, you know, she stopped science, all that school, you know, oh, my God, she went to all that school. What a waste. No, it's not a waste. Um, definitely not a waste because I use all those skills, all those skills every single day. I mean, when I was at Home Depot trying to measure stuff, like I can do like the area of thing. Like, I do. I can do geometry, you know, there's, there's so much, like I can look at a can of paint and I know what the chemicals are. Like, I know I, I use my science degree every single day. So, um, but going back to like being nice. Yeah. We're just, we're an interesting group of people. There's nurses, there's like, you know, psychologists, there's moms, there's, you know, I have not seen a firefighter dom yet. I would I would love to think there's one out there. That that would be super hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the twinkle in your eye. Um, but yeah, you know, and we're and we're business women. You know, we're business women. This is a small business. You know, we're not just like. I'm not lounging around eating, you know, chocolates, having a slave fan me all day. Like, no, I think any Dom who owns their own dungeon. Oh no, 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 no. There's no, they're, they're, they know how to use a drill. <laughs> they know how to paint. Um, They know how to do a lot of things. You and Temptress Raven Eve, I think would have an amazing conversation about the yeah. building of your dungeons. <laughs> Because she built the entire thing. Really? Like the walls and everything? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm not that good. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you're, yes. you're pretty darn good at a lot of things. And <laughs> it has been an absolute joy getting to talk to you today. As I told you, I have been a longtime fan. Oh, and. You to be able to finally get a chance to talk to you, to meet the kind person that you are. Um, I, I love your energy. I love your presence. And I really appreciate you taking the time with me today. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being so patient because I took a while for us to schedule this. <laughs> 
And also, can I give you, I want to give a piece of feedback, positive feedback that I really appreciate. Um, you, I've noticed, don't ask about people's love life. And I really like that. Like, you weren't like, oh, so who are you dating? You know, who, you know, you didn't, I've noticed in your podcast and the other episodes I've listened to, you don't go into that. And it seems like everybody wants to know about my sex life. Everybody. I always get asked that in all my interviews, but you don't do that. Like that just shows such a level of respect that you have for us as people. And I'm not just like a sex object. There's more to me than that. So I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know. An absolutely enjoyable conversation with Mistress Snow Mercy. I've always enjoyed following her work and very much look forward to following what is in the future for her. I know we are going to visit with her again because she is such a fascinating character and being a dominatrix, only a part of that life. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She is an enigma. She is an accomplished artist. She makes bondage into works of a masterpiece. She's Troy Orleans on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Snow Mercy. Looking forward to speaking with Troy Orleans next week. And then we're going to take a little bit of a summer vacation. Take a little time to recharge and get ready for some amazing shows as we come back in July. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast, and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.